Well, hello there. Hi, Karen. Hello, Annie Esposito. How are you this morning? Okay, here we are again. We didn't think we would have to do a election <laughs> wrap-up on something was just yes or no, but when we started getting echoes from the community about what we saw. What the heck is going on? <laughs> we thought we'd be doing this next November, but, you know... Um, it probably should be no next next November, but we're doing it now. Um, just a big quick heads up, everybody, because I'm you know I'm from Yorkville. Uh, the Yorkville Ice Cream Social this Labor Day in Yorkville has been canceled because of COVID, so I, they just hadn't gotten the uh, community calendar up to date. Just wanted to let you know that. And you should probably check a lot of these community gatherings and things are at last minutes being canceled because of this outrageous spike in our COVID. So just take some time to check in on some of these things. But yes, the ice cream social in Yorkville has been canceled. So it's a bummer. I know we all, but how do you, you just can't do it safely, folks. You just can't do it safely. All right. So Annie Esposito, Annie Esposito has been doing all kinds of research on the candidates. I've been doing the financials about this recall election. So I'm going to let Annie open up because she's got paperwork after paperwork. I have a computer and all opened up. And we're going to try to get you up to speed as to why this is happening, how it's happening, and where the money is making it happen. That's kind of about it, isn't it, Annie? Yeah, and I got the paper, and you got the electronics. Yeah, so. <laughs> we got the paper. We're we're loaded for bear here. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought we'd start out talking about why this election is important, and then go into some of the mechanics of actually manipulating your ballot, and then talk about the arguments pro and con for the recall against the recall, and then the main contenders of which there's about seven that have been separated by the pack from the pack of forty six. Those seven. Uh, or in some cases, six were picked by uh, the Berkeley Institute for Government Studies and Ballotpedia and uh, Cal Matters. So they they tend to be, the top seven tend to be people that have reached five percent at least one poll. So we'll talk. We'll spend some time on the top of top six or seven of the replacement candidates and then we're going to just plow through that other 39 and i want to uh, <laughs> warn people so those other 39 some of them are really marginal they're vanity candidates and much as we respect citizens that come forward to serve their state some of these are not really that's it's not gonna look good it's gonna look good on their resumes so okay. we're gonna have a little satire it can't be helped if you read it straight it would be satire so all right so and then meanwhile all of this uh karen has the her fingers on the numbers right here so we're going to start out with why this is important because uh, california is a blue state Republicans are only about a quarter of the registered voters, so there's no way a Republican could win enough votes to be governor in a regular election. They just they the they, numbers don't work out, folks. But this recall election shakes all that up. It's it's in two parts: to recall the governor, yes or no, and then the second part: if the recall succeeds, who shall replace the governor? And there's a list of over 40 wannabes, as I just mentioned. If Governor Newsom gets 50% of the vote, he will remain in office. But if he gets 49 or less, he will be replaced. And the likelihood is that he will be replaced by someone who earns just a small percent of the vote. Karen, you kind of uh, worked that out, right? I did. So here's here. Let's we're going to knock the numbers down so it can be graspable for me and everybody. So let's say we have a hundred thousand people that vote. All right. 
to recall the governor, you have to have 50,000 plus one vote. So let's just say that the recall, the yes, um, the no one recall makes, gets 49,000 votes. So that means that um, Gavin Newsom would lose with 49,000 votes. And that means that you would then go and look at your list of 46 people that are running to see who got the majority. Okay, it doesn't mean, and so the majority, let's say the majority on that 46 list of names gets 30,000 votes. All right, so that's the new governor. So here we had the, the governor in Newsom lost by 49,000 votes, and he's replaced with somebody who only got 30,000 votes. That's the oddity of this recall election. That's right. So somebody like the the leading contender right now, Larry Elder, um, uh-huh. radio show host and star from Southern California, he could win the governorship with only 2% of the vote. Correct. Yeah. Okay. And, and receive much less, many votes less than what the governor Newsom actually got. So it's in the in the no calendar, yeah. So it's um, it's a very unique situation. As like Annie said, this is probably the only way that a Republican could get in with such a large Democratic majority in California. And to be honest with you, many people are saying that's why this election is happening. This recall is happening. Um, and we can talk about the numbers of what it took to get on the ballot in a minute. Okay, and so the second thing to appreciate about this is that it's a very close race. <laughs> the yes and no is very, very close, and uh, that, that makes it even more exciting. If the recall were to succeed, county election officials would have 30 days to verify the results, and then on the 38th day after the election, the Secretary of State would certify the election, and the new governor would take oath of office and serve out the rest of the term through January 2nd. 2023. In this state, Newsom is not allowed to place his own name as a replacement candidate. So that's the first problem we're seeing with people. They think, oh, I'll just write in Newsom. You can't Correct. do it. It He's, won't be counted. If it won't do. be counted. Yeah. Any other vote will be counted. There is, a, there is some fallacy out there that if you vote uh, no on the recall, then you don't get to vote for a candidate. That is not true. Not true. Not true. Not true. <laughs> and then what's happening is you're actually, you know, if you want to, if you want, if by chance he gets recalled and you don't vote for a Democrat as a follow-up, then you're definitely allowing that vote. You're increasing the um, odds that a Republican will get it, is the way it says, or right. the next person inside. Yeah, and it's not, and there's no runoff, folks. This is the other thing that's really interesting about this recall. There is no runoff for the top two candidates. It's uh, whoever gets the most marbles goes home with them. That's right. Yeah. So this also makes it. There's some really extremely ex- interesting things about that. So in some states. The candidate could put their own name uh, as a replacement candidate, but in California, you can't. He would be running against themselves. That's what they say. And so the Democratic Party has made it kind of a principle of loyalty that no prominent Democrat would put themselves forward and attract some of the no votes away. So most of the 46 replacement candidates are not household names. Most of them are Republicans. And... um, that the other thing that I think people are having trouble with is yeah so so just to backtrack and make it really clear, the the ballot is in two parts: the recall, yes or no, replacement candidates, all kinds of 
marginal options there. <laughs> but you can vote on the first part and not the second. You can vote on the second part and or and not the first, or you can vote on both, regardless of whether your vote is yes or no. The Democrats sent out a lot of material saying vote no and leave the rest blank. Well, that's okay. That's fine for Democratic advice, but that some people misunderstood that to mean that that was the rule here. And I, I even talked to an attorney who thought it was really me, yeah huh? <laughs> that if you vote no, then you can't vote on the second part. So that is out there, and that is wrong, as as Karen said before. So. So um, he's not allowed to do his own, uh, he being the current governor. He can't put his own name on there. Um, one of the big leading uh, people, contenders here, is a Trump supporter from Los Angeles named Larry Elder. If Democrats are apathetic and don't cast the ballot, this highly conservative uh, candidate could very well become the leader of California, uh, which would be, you know, not representing most of the people. There's national ramifications to this because uh, Senator Dianne Feinstein is in declining health. And if she had to resign her office, a new conservative governor would or could appoint her successor. Well, technically, this if the recall goes through and there's a new governor, that new governor is only going to be in place for less than a year and a half because the governor's election is up next November, the twenty right. second, yeah. two thousand twenty two. So the there's just a small window when we potentially could have a new governor, and in that small window is potentially when Diane Feinside would need to resign, something would you know terribly happen to her and there you have the uh who who gets to appoint is the governor so that's another big issue that that weighs heavy on the senate majority and the senate's demographics and all of that and national politics so boy does it trickle up huh yeah <laughs> yeah so um our little recall here has national implications um Political analyst Norman Solomon, he has wondered why the Democrats don't play it safe and have Feinstein resign her office now so that Newsom could appoint her replacement just to be on the safe side. But nobody really believes she's going to do that any more than Newsom would have recommended a second Democrat <laughs> as a fallback candidate. So... There you go. Um, there was a lawsuit to try to stop this election because of the, the lack of voter representative that's built into it. But that lawsuit was dismissed uh, in district court on Friday. And basically, the judge laughed it out of court. Um, <laughs> well, this law that actually allows this type of a recall to happen, I just want to say, has been in place since 1911 folks. So that's when this all started, that this potentially had happened. There's been, Annie and I had said, 50 different times that there's been an attempted recall of a California governor. Only once has it succeeded, and that was with Gray Davis, and we got um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's right. That's it. That was back 2000... 2003. Three. Oh, I thought yeah. it was four. Okay, 2003. There you go. Okay, so um, it's possible that some prominent appealing Democrat or alternative to this leading uh, contender that doesn't represent 
most of the people in California that, that it's, there's such a thing as a write-in vote, which we already talked about, that Newsom can't put his own name in there. But there are, I think, a half a dozen people that have applied for write-in status. You can't just write in who you want that won't be counted. The write-in votes to be counted have to go through a process with the Secretary of State and apply and be certified. And the uh, deadline to apply to be a writing is tomorrow. Yeah, that's right. So, th- so, so, they're, the writing candidates aren't even going to be certified. At least, I don't think for another week, probably. Right. So that that's what came up. Yeah. Recently, so, so the Secretary of State is going to publish the list of certified write-in replacement candidates on September 3rd. So this is an unknown right now. I don't know what people are thinking. A lot of people have sent their ballots in already. I'm just going to hang on to mine until September 3rd, just in case there's somebody whose name I actually recognize. But I don't know. <laughs> And, and one of the other things that a lot of people have been asking me is, and we talked about, I had uh, the registrar voter on uh, last Wednesday, and she had said, what does it take to actually run? Because this is one of the things that had come up. So I did a little uh, dig into it, because um, it seems that there's a couple of really young candidates. So in order to actually run for a replacement candidate, you have to be, um, all the all you have to be is a legally qualified to run to vote in that election so if you're old enough to vote for governor you're old enough to run and from what i can see i think there's one candidate's 23 years old just a college student so there you go um of course (laughs) you have to have you have to be a, a resident of california you can't be a convict you can't you know you can't have been embezzled and all this kind of stuff and you cannot have served in that position um for two terms because you can only do two terms since two uh since 1990 so basically um that's that's the age requirement. Just if you can vote in that in that for that position, you can run for that position. Also, it only required sixty five signatures on a petition to, to run. If you, if you want to be a candidate, no seven thousand. No, no, no. That was if you don't want to pay. If you want it, just to get your name on that ballot, it required sixty five signatures and you to pay. Four thousand one hundred and ninety-five dollars. Okay, pay pay your signature. So sixty-five signatures. I mean, I could just sit around the kitchen table and get that, and then you have to put out four thousand one hundred and ninety-five dollars. Or if you really want to not put out the money, then you had to go gather a whopping seven thousand signatures. Then you're on the ballot, no cost involved, except I think a little bit filing fees. And Annie will talk about that. So those were that's what it took to get on the ballot. How's that? Yeah, so some of these um, clown-like contenders, I already apologize, we respect citizens who put themselves forward to serve their community. There we go. That's our disclaimer. Some of these people are self-promoters, clear and simple. So bear in mind that even though they're they're, um, putting themselves forward in kind of a strange way, they did either submit 7,000 signatures or $4,000, one or the other. So they had a... And, and 65 signatures. And, well, yes. yes, right. Okay. So one other problem that Karen and I ran into around this is some people that support the incumbent think that they vote yes to support him. So no, if, you, no, if no. you want to support Newman... Newsom. And, Newsom, sorry. Yep, yep. I'm just name's right. Gavin. <laughs> Oh, okay. Thanks, Karen. (laughs) If you want to support Newsom, uh, then your inclination among some people is to vote yes. But no, no, that's not how it works. It's it's 
yes or no on the recall. So if you support the incumbent, you would vote no on the recall. There we go. So I'm just going to do a quick one. If you just tuned in, you're listening to the Annie Esposito and Karen Adabani uh, hour trying to go over the recall ballot. And uh, we're talking about finances behind it. We're talking about candidates behind it. And we're going to talk a little bit about the process to make sure everybody knows how they're voting. So that's what's going on, folks. It's, it's kind of a fifth Monday, I believe it is. That's what we were doing this on a fifth Monday. That's it. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Somebody called. They I said knew there was a reason. <laughs> yeah, that that that, and we're just really dedicated to our listeners, folks. <laughs> All right, we're having a good time. We enjoy coming to you with this information because I know it sounds like we're taking it lightly. We are not taking it lightly. Annie has a stack of paperwork here. We've both been trying to get as much information to you guys because it really is hard to put this all together, especially when. One of the other things that has come up for me that is shocking is that um, they started getting signatures for this recall over a year ago. It was in June of 2020. And Annie said, pointed out to me they actually extended the deadline to get these signatures. And this, what happens is you have to get 12%, the number, 12% of those the, uh, the amount of people that voted for the past governor's election. So that worked out to be 1.5 million signatures you needed to get on these petitions in order to get this on the ballot. Well, that ho- that took over a year to get 1.5 million to, to be able to get this on the ballot. And then once all those signatures, they turned in a couple million, uh, and it, were, it, looked at, it turned out that 1.7 million were actually valid signatures for to get the recall going so once all those signatures were verified july 1st of this year the secretary of state has 60 to 80 65 to 85 days to get it to us the voters that's a really quick time frame that's less than three months that's why this is happening so fast we are about just about 80 some days on september 14th out from the first of july so folks that's again why this is, seems like it's just it's like you know it's a a big boulder going downhill taking up speed and it is it's a very fast time frame once all those signatures got verified and it's worth mentioning i think that initially this uh, campaign did not succeed in getting the signatures they needed. They went to court and got an extension, uh, a time extension, and they were able to convince the judge that the reason they couldn't get the required signatures was because of the the pandemic that had slowed everything down. So so that's how they did that. And then the other way they did it was uh, they hired a professional PR company to gather the signatures. The the signature gatherers were paid and it was uh, Daryl Issa who paid for all of that so that's a little history there there we go <laughs> we thought it would be really important before we get into the main candidates and kind of talk about who they are to uh karen you had uh, uh katrina bartlemy on your show I did. and talked about how you actually physically manage your ballot when you vote yeah so when you physically manage it so what you're going to do is this is an all mail-in election so everybody has received a ballot in the mail if you have not received your in- ballot in the mail because they were mailed out on started mailing out on the 16th of August. If you have not received your ballot, I'm going to give you a phone number. You're going to call our Registrar Voters Office and you're going to let them know that like, people have been doing it and they've been really responsive. So got to this number, 234 
1-800-668-6819. That's the number to call if you have not received your ballot. Now, the reason these you're receiving all the ballots in the mail is because of the COVID, and the, that was the, the whole thing around ballots and measuring. Mail, mailing them was uh, done last year, and it was extended to the end of this year. So everybody gets a ballot in the mail. So you fill out your ballot, then you have you return it in the mail, and there's no postage, okay? And the other thing is, is you want to get it in the mail as soon as possible because we talk about this speeded up process. So part of this process is, is usually there's a time, if your ballot is stamped in the mail of the day of the election, there's an extended time when they receive it and it's still counted. For this election, they have to receive the ballots in Ukiah within seven days, I believe it is. So it, it, it speeds up the time frame. And the reason I'm saying get it in the mail as soon as possible is because we are relying on the U.S. postal system in rural Men- in rural California areas in Mendocino County to, to get it to our registrar of voters in Ukiah within seven days. Folks, sometimes that doesn't happen. So that's your option. Your first option is to get it in the mail, no and make sure you sign it. Don't forget to sign the outside envelope. Follow it all that way. The other option is, is in your ballot, when you got all your absentee ballot, there's a list of polling places. You have the option of once you have your ballot all filled out and signed the envelope, you can drop it in the box at your polling place. You can do that. You can go to your polling place and do it. There's also a list of drop boxes where you can just drive by and put it in a box. I believe there's there at the there's one in Willits at the I believe the county office is there. There's a the city offices in Fort Bragg. There's one at Low Gap at the county um, administrative offices. I don't Fort Bragg. Yeah, Fort Bragg, Willits. Ukiah, I don't know about the South Coast. Uh, but Point Arena, yeah, all of the legal cities. Have all the leaves have their own drop boxes. Plus okay. the county, yeah. Plus the county. So that's another way of doing it. You don't even have to get out. I think you can just walk out and put it in. So that's the other option, okay? Um, also, you have until, was it yesterday, to register to vote, but you can always go in and do an, um, you can do a provisional ballot. It's today. You can, reg- deadline to register is August 30th. Right. You can still, yeah, and as you just said, you can still uh, register conditionally after that. And after that, you can do the conditional thing. So there's all kinds of ways that, that you know, everybody's trying to help you to vote. And it's all in your pamphlet. And again, any questions, any concerns, 2346819 is the Registrar of Voters Office. Do it. Make it happen. How's that? Yeah, that's great. So, yeah, that makes it easy. And if you want to track your ballot, there's a site called whereismyballot.sos.ca.gov. SOS is Secretary of State. So, whereismyballot.sos.ca.gov. Okay. So, I'm going to, before we get into the candidates, how about I just give you some overall numbers here? Yes, numbers, numbers. So, just overall, this recall is going to cost... Uh, the state of California, $276 million. Dun, dun, dun. Um, I think I heard locally it's got about 260000 for our county, but our county, all the counties get reimbursed, so that's not out of our pockets, coming out of the state pockets, which comes out of that. The population of the state of California is 39.5 million. Did you know that, Andy? That's how much it is. So uh, there it is. And now if you were to take um, 
we have so we end of that 39.5 million our population we have 22 point just under 2 million voters so if we were to take and they figure that 60% of the voters are going to vote. So 60% of how many people could vote would be 13.1 million. So if you divide uh, that into the number of the cost, basically it's costing each one of us voters about uh, 21 bucks to get this election happening. Such a deal. <laughs> yeah, such a deal. Okay. All right. So that that's just some quick overall numbers. $276 million to run this recall. Okay, why don't we talk about the arguments for and against, and then I'll do the yes for the recall arguments first, and then you can talk about the money behind the yes, and then the no arguments and the money behind the no, It's which is also imbalanced in the opposite direction, I believe. So the arguments by the people are saying, yes, we need to recall the governor, um, Newsom mismanaged COVID-19 pandemic using inconsistent executive power that negatively affected business. He ordered masks from a Chinese company instead of from local manufacturers. He bowed to powerful teachers unions by not ordering public schools to open quickly during the pandemic. He was arrogant and hypocritical when he ate at a fancy Napa Valley restaurant. <laughs> I guess probably that's the only thing people know about this election. But anyway. um, yes, that he has kids in private school and you know, he doesn't suffer the way the most of us are. Okay. Newsom has prioritized the interests of undocumented Californians through actions like the expansion of Medi-Cal coverage to them. Um, they blame the governor for the rising rates of homicide and homelessness and quality of life issues. Uh, another um, crime is that he supports ending the death penalty. Uh, there's the highest taxes, highest homeless, and lowest quality of life. He wants to ration water use and remove protections of Prop 13 regarding property taxes. And then no Notoriously, the Employment Development Department spent $30 million in fraudulent payouts while out of work. Californians waited months for help. And so that's the arguments for the recall. Some of the backers are the California Republican Party, Mike Huckabee, former governor of Arkansas, Newt Gingrich, former Speaker of the House from Georgia, Libertin Libertarian Party of California, Howard Jarvis. That's it. And some Baker, so a couple of newspapers, the Bakersfield Californian, and most of the newspapers are coming out against. So where's the money on all that? So these numbers that I have, I'm getting them off of a Ballotpedia. That's a great website if people are just wanting to go look at something. CalMatters is another really good great site, good websites to go if, if you want to get into the minutia of that. But uh, these figures that I'm looking at are from the end of July, and we know that there's a bunch of donations that come in after that. But the high points are that for those that are in support of the recall, you're looking at about eight about eight. 8.7 million has come in for all the all the organizations that are all the different um, committees. They establish committees to get the money coming in. Uh, for the no on the recall, they're doing much better. They're up probably by now up there well over $50 million. I'd heard somewhere up around 60 because it's been adding up since you've got all of August for that in. The next reporting date isn't until two days from now, so we're a little bit behind on those numbers. But in the last month, you know that the numbers are going up. So the opposed to the, to the recall is way 
fund, fundraising much higher than the ones that are in support. How's that? Yeah, so a little more imbalance this time in the other direction. Yep. So some of the arguments against the recall is um, it's a partisan attempt to seize power initiated by right-wing Republicans, including supporters of Donald Trump, in an effort to overturn Newsom's election. Um, Newsom successfully managed the pandemic response by following the science and making difficult decisions on masking, social distancing, closing businesses, and carefully reopening public schools. Newsom's orders and policies helped California achieve lower rates of infection and death compared to states like Florida. Under Newsom's leadership, California has vaccinated tens of millions of people, leaving the state with one of the highest vaccination rates in the nation. Um, Newsom used a massive state budget surplus to issue stimulus checks to residents and assist renters and small businesses in their recovery from the pandemic. And all this with a balanced budget and unprecedented fiscal reserves. Another argument, if you want a new governor, why, why don't you wait till the next gubernatorial election in, in November, next November instead of wasting a couple hundred million dollars on a special election? Um, Newsom told the San Diego Union Tribune that he has fought systemic racism and worked for equality in the justice system. He signed the nation's strongest police use of force standard, outlined private profit, private for profit prisons and immigration detention centers. He passed the nation's first bill requiring independent investigations by the Attorney General of all police shootings of unarmed people. He passed legislation to reform California's juvenile justice system, break the school to prison pipeline, and phase out state-operated youth prisons. So he has the support, um, uh, the no against the recall in, in, in favor of Newsom. That, that's support of all major Democratic candidates from Joe Biden on down. Uh, that also includes Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren's uh, progressive uh, part of the Democratic Party. He's, uh, no is, is uh, supported by a San Francisco Bay Guardian, who has never liked the governor, by the way. They have nothing <laughs> really? but, but publish how bad Newsom is, and they are adamantly against the recall. L.A. Times, the San Francisco Chronicle, San Diego uh, Union Tribune, Mercury News, all against the recall. California Federation of Labor, Democratic Party of California, even the Peace and Freedom Party <laughs> is against the recall. And the, in, the unions, International Association of Firefighters and other unions, all against. So I'm back in with the the numbers for the supporters for the people for the opposed which is the ones Annie just uh, we're talking about they again I said have raised about 62.2 million dollars of that small donors uh, for against the recall have actually come in at part of that 62 million is 1.4 million by small donors uh, on the other side for support it's only been 800,000 that have been supporting it so and when I was looking at the numbers when you're looking at people that support the people that are pushing this recall it's major it's major a lot of a lot of in a lot of big donations by independent people or individuals let's just say that that's what I'm trying to say is individuals so the majority of the individuals are giving anywhere from a thousand up to fifty thousand and there's a lot of couples that gave fifty thousand each which I guess they can do and they can put it into these committees and do more so it's a lot of big donors individuals giving to this yes on the recall um, the no on the recall is um, I can actually should I go into that now about the sure. break it down so yeah. what I have so what's what's interesting Cal matters actually broke it down the by industry 
So the pro recall, which has raised, like I said, about um, eight million dollars. Um, the biggest, the biggest donors for that has been insurance and finance companies, retail and restaurants, the building industry. Building industry has given over a half a million dollars. Retail and restaurants has given over a half a million dollars. Uh, insurance and finance companies have given over a half a million dollars. And then you have the ideological advocacy groups. That's you're going to be your Republicans, your staunch. Those groups have given up about half a million dollars. So that's where a lot of the money is coming from. For that, you've got the tech industry, two hundred thousand. Oil, gas, and utilities, two hundred thousand. Um, yeah. So those are the big, big um, industries that are giving to the yes on the recall. Um, so the anti-recall, which is raised, like I said, I want to get that number again, uh, over $62 million on behalf of the no. Uh, the big unions, um, unions have given about $7 million towards the no on the recall. Health care unions, $3.5 million. Media and entertainment and telecom uh, companies have given about 2.3 or 3.2, excuse me, million. The building trades, 2.6 million. Industry and finance companies, 2.4. Tech companies, 2.4. Uh, tribal governments have really kicked in on the no on the recall. They've they've donated 2.2 million dollars. Uh, political parties have given 1.8 million. One thing I want to note is there's a uh, a committee for governors outside of California. So it'd be like national democratic governors from all across the United States. They've got a big pool of money that they've given. That's about, a, um, I think almost a million I saw on the track. So that's your political parties. Uh, prison guards, 1.8 million. Building industry, 1.6. Realtors, 1.5. Trial lawyers, 1.1 million. Uh, nonprofits and uh, ideological advocacy groups is 1.1. You can see the numbers are really, really high for the no on this recall. Um, healthcare industry and providers, 1.1 million. So a lot of big donors, big industry donors, big mm-hmm. big advocacy groups that are vo- uh, on the no on the recall. Um, and a lot of small donors, as, as I said, over a million point four just in small donations. There you go. Okay, so we're going to get into the main contenders. And Karen, I know you're going to cry. It doesn't look like we're going to have time to go through the also ran, the wannabes. <laughs> but let me just say, people can always look in your voters' guides. You can read it there. Um, you, some of them had, did not submit a statement. And let me just say why that might be is that... Uh, you have to agree to a spending campaign spending limits, but it's you know they allow you over nine million dollars. So uh, also then, why do some only just have one sentence? Well, they do charge you. You have the privilege of buying uh, space in the the voter's guide if you agree to those campaign spending limits and then it's $25 a word not to exceed 250 words so you'll see a couple that just only have one sentence and some of them are even a little sarcastic so so you're on your own for all those people but 
Uh, the um, most of the outlets that have been studying this, uh, the aforementioned in Berkeley IGS and Ballotpedia and CalMatters, they've separated out seven, <coughs> six in some cases, and seven. So we're going to kind of run through those as fast as we can. And the main one is da 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 da. You have heard the most about Larry Elder. He's a LA radio show host. He's um, Unknown up here, but in Southern California, has a wide array of listeners syndicated on 300 radio stations. He has a star on the walk of important great stars in Hollywood. <laughs> and he's a black right-wing activist. He's a listening staple for conservative whites, but also everybody else. I mean, there's like a whole Central American extended families that live in L.A. and they, you know, with first and second generation and, and people that came from the, the old country, all listen to him all the time. Uh, you can look for Larry Elder on YouTube and you'll see he's very articulate, has very slick videos and is very white ring. He's so white ring that YouTube demonetized him. <laughs> and so he's now with the right wing channel Epic TV dot com which carries such fair as the communist party has just taken over the state of connecticut and your wow. your um your mask is filled with bacteria but anyway you can still see his old youtube videos and appreciate what a, a great presenter he is he is first and foremost a trump supporter you can find all kinds of pictures with him uh with trump he campaigned for trump across the country he's telling his audience that the big lie is true and that trump will be back his slogan is we've got a country to save and this is i guess the most surprising to me as a trumper he was the mentor to stephen miller and it's surprising stephen miller is trump's harshest anti-immigrant person and elder blamed obama for the death of george floyd according to the the guardian and that that would be the british guardian he's against newsom's effort to lower greenhouse gas emissions costing the climate crisis and he would try to reverse the gas tax increase he would suspend environmental regulations in the way of development he put the problems of homelessness in the hands of churches he would encourage charter schools over public schools he doesn't like the teachers union government well programs or climate change alarmists no minimum wage He's against Roe versus Wade. He thinks uh, states should decide abortion restrictions. He believes men are smarter than women and that employers have a right to question women. Karen, stop it. <laughs> I, let me just say, I applaud Annie for doing the research on these candidates. I just I couldn't even go there, but I will tell you the money when she's done. Okay. Um, he, he believes employers have a right to question women about their intentions to have children. An ex-co-worker and girlfriend is publicly describing the relations that they had as a she had with him as abusive, that he was abusive and very threatening. He is not engaged in recent debates, which is worrying journalists that if he wins, he will not feel like he has to cooperate with news coverage. And so there you have it. If um, the Democrats don't bother to vote, liberal Democratic California could have someone like Elder to govern them. Uh, he's endorsed by Rudy Giuliani and Clint Eastwood. <laughs> and even though the major American, uh, the major Political parties like the Democrats, Republicans, Greens didn't make endorsements of candidates. They only endorsed yes or, or opposed no, the, yeah. opposed yeah. Or, yeah. Or, or supported the the recall. However, Larry Elder did get the endorsement of the American Independent Party. 
Okay, and he has gathered so far as of, this one's as still of the end of August, or the end of July, he's well over $5 million that he's managed to gather, and I did take a look at his donors, and they're high-end individuals, again, that are donating to his, um, mainly individual donors, high-end, uh, one to, to 50000 100000 type of deal, so it's mainly individual voters that make up that $5 million that he's managed to acquire. Okay, so... All right, the uh, the next of the group that made the cut here, <coughs> Kevin Pathrath, P-A-F-F-R-A-T-H. Not a household name up here, but he has a very popular following on YouTube under Meet Kevin. He's fast-talking, amiable, YouTube star of real estate and stock market advice, and you can see him on and he's YouTube. And de- he's a Democrat, though. The only Democrat. And he's the only Democrat, right? In the uh, six or seven in the top that made the top. Right, right. So we're not, we went from a Republican, not a Democrat. Okay, okay yeah, and the rest that we're going to cover are all Republicans. All Republicans, yeah. He calls himself a JFK Democrat, although some of the other Democrats say he's impersonating a Democrat. <laughs> he uh, has meetups with people around the state. He's young and rich and would be conservative voters dream except he's a democrat so he would work to address homelessness within 60 days with optional emergency housing built by the national guard that provides three meals a day showers health care and substance abuse treatment he would declare a state of emergency on housing and streamline permitting to build two million homes in four years he would de- redevelop commercial spaces for homes. He would seek to build net negative housing communities built around solar and wind farms and export energy to the rest of California. He would eliminate state income tax on the first 250000 He would legalize online and in-person gambling and seek to build Las Vegas-style casinos in partnership with casino builders, tribal communities, and union workers. would invest in wildfire re- prevention with technology advanced detection and response. He would try to reduce crime by fully funding police but shifting better training and community integration instead of over-policing poor and minority communities. He would not impose any further COV uh, COVID lockdowns, but would not ban counties or cities from imposing them. He would establish future schools, two-year programs open to anyone age 16 or older that combine college, trade school, high school, and financial education and work with industry and nonprofits to create a hiring pipeline. And here's where it gets a little, uh uh-huh, uh-huh, oh, would seek a federal government help on the state's water shortage by building a 14-foot diameter pipeline from the Mississippi River to California. Oh, he yeah. would, okay, and then here's the one where he kind of loses the, the environmentalist. He would refocus high-speed rail trail, trail money, speed, high-speed rail money to reduce traffic conditions by pollution uh, and pollution by building new roads. So he would... He put the money into roads instead of mass transits. Um, he's endorsed by mostly several investors, and Karen, you'll have more on that. The interesting thing about him in the trivia department, he, he's born in Germany, so if he were to be, you know, come out ahead in this and so, for some reason, it would be uh, kind of an echo of 2003 when someone from Austria replaced the governor. Pretty much. And he doesn't, he hasn't done too much fundraising. Um, as of the end of July, he has less than, oh, what's it showing here? He's got just barely over, just around $400,000 in his coffers that he's been spending. So he, the rest of these candidates, the top 
three Republicans are the ones that have gotten the personal money. What's happening is the majority of the money is gone f- instead of going to the Democratic candidate of, of choice or the highest rated one, it's gone to the no on the recall. So he's only got he's got less than a half a million dollars that he's been gathering and it's all small donations. Yeah, and he has his, his YouTube outlet with, you know, over right. a million right. people. Yeah. Okay, so next comes um, Kevin Falconer. He's kind of, I call him Mr. San Diego. He was mayor of San Diego from 2014 to 2020 after being on the San Diego City Council for over a decade. He graduated from San Diego State, worked in public relations. He's a Republican who didn't like Trump in 2016, but he likes Trump now that Biden is in. In the past, he lobbied for a climate change denial group. He wants to reduce homelessness by opening more shelters and increasing enforcement of no camping laws in public spaces, would seek to exempt military retirement income from state income taxes and increase the property tax exemption for veterans with disabilities, would try to end state income taxes on individuals making less than $50,000, and he would veto any tax increase. He would try to double wildfire prevention funding and streamline prevention efforts with a new state department. He would oppose efforts to defund the police, early release programs for prisoners, and seek stricter consequence for crime. He would launch a public-private partnership to clean up parks and outdoor spaces, particularly those heavily impacted by homelessness. He would lift mask mandates and any COVID-related business capacity limits, launch a small restaurant relief fund, and allow restaurants to write off protective equipment on their taxes, and enact a shield against COVID liabilities. He opposes a statewide vaccine and testing mandate for teachers and staff. Uh, He thinks local schools should decide. He would boost state funding to increase teacher salaries and provide kids access to summer school, longer school days, and after-school tutoring, as well as more mental health counselors for students. He would pause new programs until the Employment Development Department is fixed, especially that agency's technology. He would address California's water supply by adding new reservoirs and water recycling, and he would oppose California Water Board's restrictions on the Sacramento-San Joaquin Delta. He's endorsed by most of the Republican state legislators and the new majority California Republican PAC for fiscal responsibility. Huh. Okay, well, he's, um, as of uh, just recently, he's got... $2.4 $2.4 million in his coffers, and it looks like he's been getting his top five donors are individuals, and they're putting out about uh, $33,000 each. So his is big, big donors again, individuals going for him. Um, that's his campaign. Okay, then there's John Cox. Dun, <laughs> He's a Republican investment manager who lost to Newsom in 2018 and has also run for Congress. He's run for state. Oh, and he's run for president. He's currently famous for campaigning with a live bear to get attention for his campaign. Uh, yeah, it was a thousand pound Kodiak bear to, to make the point that there needs to be beastly changes. This got a rise out of animal care groups, including the manager of the Oakland Zoo, who called the stunt dangerous and exploitive. He founded a group rebuilding together to repair homes for low-income seniors and people with disabilities. He's a practicing Catholic. He graduated from the Chicago Kent College of Law and did accounting, investment, and real estate advice and venture capital. He's against any minimum wage and would cut state income taxes by 25%. 
He would end the state sanctuary status and help build the U.S.-Mexico wall. He wants more natural gas production and nuclear energy. He would expedite housing by doing away with these and with CEQA. Um, regarding that uh, gas production, by the way, because it's a climate crisis, he would expand oil and gas exploration and, <coughs> and export LNG, uh, liquid national gas, to China to make them cleaner. <laughs> he would increase crackdowns on public camping and require treatment before housing opportunities. He wants more reservoirs and desalinization plants to ease the water cri crisis and as for wildflowers, more roads through the forest. No masks or vaccine or testing requirements for teachers. He doesn't believe in COVID hysteria. Okay. And he's, did you mention he's the one touring around with the bear? I did. Okay, I you got that. the bear. Sorry, I missed that. I was looking at the numbers. Oh, I'd love to describe that, but go ahead. The no, numbers. no, no, that's okay. Anyway, so um, he's actually ran... Like you said, he ran against Newsom in the last election. Yes, you mentioned that. Yes. So he ran against Newsom in the last election and lost handily. Um, and as far as funding his campaign, he's pretty much doing it on his own. He's got seven million. His total. His total. Uh, Campaign coffers are seven point six million. Of that, seven million is his of his own money. He's done this on his own dime. Uh, and then you've got uh, he's got some high end donors at uh, thirty two thousand. So what you can what happens is the most that you can give to an individual can give to these campaigns under uh, this ele recall election is thirty two thousand four hundred. And it seems like that's what these guys have gone for. They've gone for high end individuals to give them the 32000 and that's how they've gotten their coffers. But John Cox has been financing this pretty much on his dime. There you go. So uh, that's the high-end ones. Now, of all the other candidates, there were only nine candidates out of the 56, 46, excuse 46. me, that were on the ballot. Only nine of them uh, reported any amounts exceeding 100000 for donations. So all the rest of them are just minuscule amounts and yeah. probably friends and family donating. So of that, only nine... Um, only nine exceeded the 100,000. I do want to mention we aren't going to get to the also rants and the, the wannabes, but uh, I should mention that one of them, uh, Osa, had a heart attack and is withdrawn, although his name does appear on the ballot. There you go. So after we finish reading these seven of the top candidates, there's only 39 more that you have to worry about. <laughs> only 39 you have to worry about. But, um, yeah, so... That's a lot of numbers you got out there. A lot of people to vote. But I mean, the main thing is, folks, you just need to vote. This is an it's a it's an odd election. It's off season. That means low voter turnout. Um, but it's important. This is a very very critical election. So don't blow it off. I mean, do do take account and, and vote, please. And these ones that we're going over right now are the ones that are believed to have a chance of winning. And that would be Larry Elder, Kevin Pathrath, John Cox, Kevin Faulkner, Ted Gaines, Caitlyn Jenner, and Kevin Kiley, who we will go to next. Kevin Kiley is a Republican. He's been an attorney and high school English teacher since 2017. He's been a state assembly member representing the 6th District, the Sacramento suburbs. Politically, Kiley is complicated. He believes in climate change but opposed Newsom's orders to ban oil drilling by 2045. And he opposed the sale of new gas-powered um, stopping the sale of gas-powered cars by 2035. He supports a minimum wage, but not as high as the Democrats want. He's been vaccinated, but would overturn Newsom's emergency rules mandating vaccines and masks. 
He and Republican Assembly colleague James Gallagher sued but failed to block Newsom's emergency powers. He wants to eliminate campaign contributions from lobbyists, and as governor, he would have refused to support candidates of either party who accept them. He wants to overhaul government services such as the DMV and Employment Development Department to better serve the people. He does not admit, oh, he does admit that climate change is a factor in the wildfires, but he says that experts say it's not the main cause. He's endorsed by Orrin Heatley, the retired sergeant with the Yolo County Sheriff's Office who organized this recall campaign in the first place. And he's put together a big whopping uh, $800,000 in his campaign coffers. So, there you go. Okay, next is a candidate that people have actually heard of. A famous Republican who has the Kardashian vote, (laughs) Caitlyn Jenner, as most people know, is a trans woman who won fame in her previous life as an Olympic gold decathlon decathlon winner. In that previous existence, she was married to the mother of the Kardashian sisters, and in her new life has appeared on the show, and I think she also has her own show, and reporters complained that um, she was supposed to show up at a debate, was but was off in New Zealand filming instead. So, <laughs> so here's another political candidate with media star credentials. Chandler says that the state has too many regulatory agencies and regulations. She would establish a working group to review all regulations, recommend changes, and eliminations. She would reopen schools and businesses closed during the COVID pandemic while focusing on mental health issues resulting from the closures. She would appoint a commission to review housing issues and eliminate barriers to building affordable housing in the state. She would unleash the power of faith-based organizations to help homeless people and appoint a commission of housing, real estate, land use experts, and local leaders to come up with short and long-term housing solutions. Would veto any tax increase, would invest more money in first responders to battle wildfires, would fully fund the police, would oppose critical race theory being taught in the schools, would seek to cut duplicate programs, streamline state pending, and hold the legislator accountable for any pet projects or special interest favors, but she would finish the U.S.-Mexico wall. Uh, Would seek to reform a state law that allows employees to file lawsuits to recover civil penalties, penalties on behalf of themselves, other employees, and the state of California for labor code violations. She supports Trump in 2024. All right, and she, um, what it shows online is that she has raised $700,000, but um, many of the reports I've been reading said that that's gone, and now she's really, really in debt. So she hasn't been able to garner the campaign uh, money that the other candidates have. So there you go. So we're coming up. Do you got another one there? One more. And, yeah, so Jenner, that's happening to Jenner at a time when she has not been campaigning as much as she was at first. Right. Okay, so um, we are also including Ted Gaines in this um, top seven here. I think uh, Ballotpedia included him. He's a Republican businessman. He ran Gaines Insurance for 30 years. He's on the State Board of Equalization since 2019 and was a state senator from 2011 to 2019 and in the State Assembly for five years before that and began political life as a Placer County supervisor. He opposes property tax increases and defends 
Defense, Prop 13, a 1978 ballot initiative that limited property taxes, and he opposes any new taxes. There shouldn't be government encumbrances any more than necessary. He would slash regulations on new home construction. He would overturn Prop 47, which reduced drug and property felonies to misdemeanors. Then he wants more funding for forestry management for fire control. In a radio, in a radio in, or TV interview he did, I saw him end it with a, a Bible verse saying that he pitched his tent in the land of hope, book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 26. And I guess that ending kind of is how he wants you to know that he's very faith-based. All right. And he has very little money. He's got less than 300000 in his coffers. Um, um, he's down at the bottom of the list. So one thing I want to say, Annie, thank you for doing all this research. And as you've been reading all of these, uh, what these people are going to do, these gentlemen are going to do if they get elected, I hope that it brings home to all our listeners why this is such an important election. This because of these are the values that these potential new governors would be putting down in. Uh, in California. Um, and I want to say, too, that what I've been reading, too, is that the majority of the ballot signatures to get this, the signatures to get this on the ballot were collected in Southern California also. And most of the money is coming from South, Southern California for the yes on the recall and for these Republican candidates. Uh, another number that came up that was actually surprising, considering the national uh, you know, scope of this election could have impact, uh, 84% of all the money coming into these coffers for these campaigns has come from California. I thought there would be more outside money coming in because of the ramifications on the nation. But we're going to wrap up here. Oh, yeah. yeah. I would also like to mention, since it's very heavily weighted toward Southern California, we shouldn't be feeling too smug about, you know, not being involved in this negative thing. Uh, because most of the, or at least a significant uh, number of the petition signers for the original recall came from rural northern California, yep. Lassen, Shasta, Sierra, Amador, and the originator of this recall, uh, Oren Heatley, was from YOLO. So, yep. you know, the whole state is involved here. Hey, Rich. And it's, um, it's just really important that we get out and we vote. This is a really fast thing that's coming upon us. I know we're in fire season. I don't know how the fire season is going to impact the voting and stuff. But folks, Mendocino, get out there. Get your voice known. Get your ballot. Get it in the mail. Turn it into your polling place. Get it done. And the enemy in, in this election here is apathy. Yes. If, uh, yes. If, if Californians get out and vote, Californians will have a governor that represents them. All if right. they don't, they won't. Well, Annie, thank you so much for doing all the work. I'm glad we could come in and help. I hope we've informed you and got urged you to vote. Um, you know, you can always call your family and friends in the other part of the state and make sure they're voting, too. It takes the community. Um, hey, it takes it all. Don't give me credit for all the work. <laughs> you did most you, of you it. You did tonight. all the numbers, which I, I'm numerically dyslexic, so thank you go. very much. All right. Um, and we're going to get out of here. Yes, we are. Bye, y'all. This has been a production of KZYX Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. You can check out our website at kzyx.org to find more content like this, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thanks for listening.